Hello, my friends, and welcome to a very special episode of Phantom Talk. Tonight, we are talking about a subject that is fairly new to the podcast, but definitely not new to any of the people who are here on the podcast. Tonight, we are talking about our recap of All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing pay-per-view, which was last night, the 29th. Yes, May 29th. Yes, crazy. Um (laughs) And, uh, yeah, we're just going to be going over different aspects of the, of the pay-per-view throughout the night. Um, we are going to be talking full spoilers, so if you haven't had a chance to check out the pay-per-view just yet or you're still kind of waiting, feel free to go hang out, watch the pay-per-view, and uh, then we we will be here. We will be here and waiting to share with you all about about our love of wrestling and to hear your all's thoughts on the pay-per-view as well. You all obviously know my uh, my voice. I am the editor-in-chief, Jacob Vance Hardesty, talking all about different things, fandom-related, whether it's typically it's Star Wars, at least it has been over the last few weeks. Um, so this might be a little weird for some people. But we are also joined by the YSA, Josh. Josh, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing real well. I'm, I'm pretty excited to finally talk about wrestling on this uh, on this podcast. We've been meaning to do this for a while. Actually. We have, actually, yeah. And uh, so I'm pretty amped to talk about it. This is a good changing of the guard kind of situation. Yeah. Uh, this is a good one to start on, so yeah. Yeah. We are also joined tonight by our very, very special guest, Jenny from our good friends over at A Word of Influence, better known as AW, AWOI Gaming <laughs> Podcast. Uh, they are also on Spotify and iTunes, maybe? iTunes, maybe? Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. And anywhere else? Um, I want to say it's on SoundCloud, but I might be wrong there. So don't quote me on that. Gotcha. But guaranteed on Spotify. As in, yes. guaranteed as in, I have listened to it on Spotify. So, yes. We it's there. <laughs> But Jenny, thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you doing tonight? I'm lovely. I'm absolutely lovely. Good, good. We are so very happy to have you on here. Uh, Jenny and I have been talking about AEW over the last few months. I've been getting kind of back into it really pretty much since CM Punk came back. Um, so this is actually going to be a, a good time to do it. It, it was a good time. It's, they're, this, they're, a, this has been like a year. That's It's been almost a year since he came back. That's crazy. Yeah. That is that that is that's weird to think about actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you would have told me like two years ago that CM Punk was going to be wrestling, I would have been like, okay, sure. Like, yeah, there, there, there's and no. this guy is going to be like red one day, like exactly. Okay. But uh, but yeah, I mean he's he's still he's back in and he's. I don't really think he's missed a beat. Um, I, I know there have been some people that have been kind of complaining about apparently he's a little bit slower. I'm using air quotes on that. I just, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure he is, but like, he's definitely slower. Yeah. He's a little, I mean, he's, he's also older. seven years older. Yeah, you know? I'm, 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 yeah I'm, I, I don't know. I, I, and we'll talk about this more, I guess, when we get that match. I personally love old gunslinger CM Punk. It's, yeah. It's probably one of my favorite versions <laughs> of a guy who's had about six or seven versions of himself. But I also realized very, dis- I'm a distinct mark for CM Punk. Like, the guy could probably come down in a rascal scooter and I'd be all for it. So, uh, you know, that that's a, where I'm at with him. As long as you're going to turn it on, I think I think they'd be okay. That's you know? true. Yeah. yeah. I, I, hope, I hope we do talk about that a little we bit. Are. The, uh, we are. <laughs> we are. Uh, Jenny, you actually have the first question this evening because you, uh, t- to the best of my knowledge, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
you actually were able to watch the entire thing, whereas Josh and I got to our cousin's house a little bit late, and we jumped in right at the beginning of Wardlow and MJF. Yeah, we but I think you you said you got to see the Hookhausen uh, match against um, Tony Nice and uh, Mark um, Smart Mark Sterling. Smart Mark Sterling. Yes, thank you. I could not think of his last name. Uh, so uh, t- talk to me a little bit about that. Was that kind of a good was that kind of a good payoff since they've really been kind of pushing Hook uh, Hookhausen just in general, but also really kind of pushing Hook over the last few months. Um, yeah, it did exactly what it needed to do. Like, it didn't go very long, but, like, obviously it didn't need to. They made it a point to point out that nobody has lasted more than five minutes in the ring with Hook. Um, and that Dan Housen was out there to get revenge on the match that they had with Tony Nese on, uh, Dynamite a few weeks ago. And it it did what it needed to do. Like Hook looked mildly annoyed with Danhausen. Danhausen was cursing everybody. It, it was fantastic, and you can actually watch the buy-in on YouTube. It's on YouTube for free. Oh sweet! Um, yeah, on the AEW channel. So, um, but it's the whole buy-in, so you gotta skip through all the video packages. But if AEW knows how to do anything very well, it's video packages to get you like super hype for matches. Mm. I was very excited about some of those video packages. They were very good. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably watch the whole thing, honestly. Um, but I, I, I wanted to see that match mainly because I I love watching Hook. I think he is really, really good, especially for how young he is. I'm yeah. See, I'm ready to see him getting, like, some legit matches. And, and nothing against, you know, the stuff that he's doing right now. You know, nothing. I mean, hell, him and Tony Nese, that I'm sure that doing, like, a full match just the two of them would be a fantastic um, fantastic match, but, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I'd love to just see just more of Hook just in general, just because I, I just love him. Um, I also really like the fact they don't lean super heavy into him just being Taz's son. Like, he doesn't come out with Team Taz anymore. Like, Taz doesn't escort him to the ring. Like, they really just let Hook be Hook, and it's not like, oh, it's Taz's son. Um, like, they really, like, try to like, keep him in his own little bubble, and I just love that about, I love that, like, Hook just has, like, the greatest aura, like, um, I remember going to the Dynamite in Nashville, and everybody was so disappointed that Hook didn't come out for that, or for, like, Dark, or any of the Rampage stuff, this man came out, gave Tony Khan one single Dorito, and left, and got, like, the (laughs) biggest pop ever, Uh, like, like, <laughs> this is a plus. Con- this is Shakespeare. This is modern Shakespeare in it's just beautiful. watching Hook. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, Josh, the next question is to you. Actually, yeah. we are gonna we're gonna kind of we're kind of skipping around just a little bit match wise. Um, but I I know that you love the Young Bucks. Okay, you love the Young Bucks a lot. But I know, also know that you're kind of iffy on the Hardys in AEW a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Okay, hold on, hold on. Because like, cause I really don't want to, because there's a lot of people that have, and I'm, I'm included in this, who have a really soft spot for the Hardy Boys. The Hardys, Edge and Christian, and the Dudley Boys at the turn of the century are, that they were revolutionary mm-hmm. in what they did for tag team wrestling. Um, that being said, the turn of the century was 22 years ago. And when you get to a point where it, it, it's not so much that you have the match with the young bucks, um, who, who I thought, by the way, there, there, there's a lot of people that have 
real issues with the Young Bucks for whatever reason. I don't know why, but there are. Um, the Young Bucks did everything they could do in this match to make the Hardys look as good as possible. Um, for anyone who says they don't sell or for anyone who says, you know, they're just goofballs or whatever, they did everything they could to carry the Hardys through this match because you literally have moments where Matt and Jeff are just three steps behind anything that uh, the Young Bucks are doing. And so when, when you have that kind of problem, um, I understand bringing the Hardys, is, it's, it's a nostalgia pop. It's really big, but I mean, like it took it took Jeff, you know, in, in a fifteen minute match, it took him twelve minutes to lace up his boots, man. Yeah. Like, so, like, you know, and, and when you have moments where, like, you know, he's he's going to hit the whisper in the wind, and you've got poor Matt just standing there, just waiting for it for what seems like thirty seconds, and I know it wasn't, but like, it just seems so long, and you know, he's just sitting there thinking, "Go, I look so stupid right now." <laughs> Just sitting here waiting for this guy to, to get on the top rope so he can hit his move. You just have these moments, and it, it really stands out compared to it. It would be so bad if you didn't have Death Triangle and House of Black later, mm. or you didn't have this triple threat match with uh, Jurassic Express and Keith Lee and Swerve and Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Mm. You didn't have these like really fantastic, you know, where they just don't miss beats, where they just like, you know, they just everything's just airtight. It wouldn't be so bad, but because of that, it looks even worse. And so, like when you're thinking back on the night, you're like, "Man, that Hardy didn't look so good." And then, then you, then for me, I get really upset because I'm like, not only did they not look good, but you had them go over the Young Bucks, which for me tells me that they're probably going to get a title shot soon. And if they can't keep up with the Young Bucks, they're going to have a really hard time keeping up with uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, you know. And so, like this, this is just a, a and. An, I hope it's not an ongoing problem, mm -hmm. but in the last like three weeks, we've seen you know Jeff go over Darby, and now we've seen Jeff and Matt go over the Young Bucks, and you know it's one of those things where you know I feel like Jericho's done a really good job recently, at least, in putting the younger guys over. You know, I mean, he tapped out Eddie Kingston for goodness sakes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's done a really good job of that. Um, I kind of wish we do that with the Hardys just a little bit, but. You know, I might be in the minority there. I'm not, Jenny, you might have a different opinion on that. No, I love the Young Bucks. Like, I noticed that, too, with the Hardys. It, they're just, they're not as good as they used to be, no matter how much, like, I want to, I want them to be the Hardy boys that I loved. Um, I even thought this when they came back at WrestleMania a couple years ago. Um, I was like, I mean, like, this is real cool, but, like, you guys are getting up there in age, like, you can't move like you used to. Like, Jeff doesn't even hit the swanton bomb the same way. And, like, I get generally terrified when I see him go for a swanton bomb. I'm like, uh, no, don't. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's, it's not, it's, like, being... I mean, oh, sorry. No, no, I, I, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm agreeing with him. Like, every time I'm, like, I'm thinking, is this going to be the time he just drops on his head? Because it, it yeah. looks like every single time. Sorry, carry on. It just, like... And I love the Hardys. I love the Hardys when I was little watching wrestling. Um, and my mom loves the Hardys too. But even my mom, who is like 73 and still watching wrestling, which is fantastic. Um, <laughs> I love her. Um, she she commented on it because she watched it today because she was out of town. And she goes, maybe they don't do that anymore because that looked really bad. And I asked... <laughs> 
because uh, I came home and that's the match she was on. So she wasn't very, very far into the pay-per-view at all. And she was just like, I really don't like the the Bucky boys. But like, I was like, why not? And she's like, they just look like a-holes. <laughs> like, okay, fair. But uh, that's their thing, though. Also, I, I love the name the Bucky boys. Yeah. The Bucky, uh, the, the Bucky that's... boys. That's fantastic. Yes. Um, well, she, like, she forgets a lot of their names, unfortunately. So she gives them all, um, like, little, like, pet names. Like, she does never remember Wardlow's name. She, she, she calls him Goldberg 4.0. Nice. That, I, I don't mean, know where yeah. the 4.0 part came from. but yeah. I, I I like it, though. I like it. I, I love my mom. She's great. Um, I gave her a Sting figure. Sting is, like, her favorite wrestler. And, like, I honestly thought she was going to cry. She doesn't know that I ordered her um, a Sting t-shirt while they were running the Double or Nothing sale. So, nice. yeah. Love surprising my mom with stuff. My dad likes wrestling. He just doesn't watch it as much anymore. So I can't be like, hey, Dad, you want an Undisputed Elite shirt? So I'm going to be like, who's that? <laughs> Maybe you can get him like one of the uh, like like a like a Jake the Snake or or one of the Sting ones, like you said, you know. Or something, yeah, something. yeah. Like yeah. my mom is in love with her Sting figure. She's like, I don't even want to take it out of the box. He's just so pretty <laughs> in there. She's like, I'm gonna turn into you, and I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fine with me. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong at all. Um, so Jenny, talk to me a little bit about you know we. You know, we're talking about the Hardys and how they they have aged a little bit, but of course, the one of the better parts about AW is that you still also have a relatively young roster, mm-hmm. um, especially in the next match I want to talk about because I I know you you love her, and even though she lost, there were so many people who kept saying that she was not going to have that good of a match against Jade. So mm-hmm. I, I know you want to talk about Anna Jay. I okay so she has not been wrestling very long like she's part of the I believe she came out of the nightmare factory um so the one that QT and Cody run um but like she's only been wrestling for maybe like three years three four years Mm -hmm. um because she was very um she was very green when we first saw her on AEW um during the COVID era I believe um, I hate saying the COVID era, but I don't know what else to call that era in wrestling I mean, where there's yeah, just no, nobody. No, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, her gear was like um a little flashback to like her original gimmick, which was being the star of the show. So it's got that very um Zatanna feel to it. Mm. Um, and I love that, and I just love Anna Jay. She's improved so much. She's put in work. Um, everything that she does with the Dark Order on, like, being the elite is hilarious. Um, and just, like, generally, she just seems like a really nice person. Um, I might be wrong on that, but she just seems, like, generally nice. She's got a passion for the business, you can tell. Mm -hmm. And, like, pairing, um, pairing her up with, like, people like Chris Statlander, who have years, um, pairing her up with Athena, um, which is really cool and i guess a spoiler alert now but um but she uh, the next thing i was going to talk about so no you're good (laughs) yeah yeah. um pairing her up with that and then um getting um 
Jade, Jade hasn't even been wrestling. She's only been wrestling for like a year because she came in with the, her first match was uh, Shaq and um, Red Velvet and Cody. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, she's improved drastically since then. Um, She still has work to do. um, But I guess in professional wrestling, there's always work to do. You can always improve yourself and improve your character. Um, I understand why Anna Jade didn't win, but she's got so many years ahead of her. Um, and like, I think she will be a champion one day. I just don't think right now is the time to do that for her, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, she's, um, if you have, if you ever get a chance to just like go back and like watch her first match and then watch this match with Jade, um, it's, it's tremendous on like how much she's improved. Um, and a lot of the young roster actually, they've never really been on TV before. Um, like a, like primetime TV, essentially. Mm, they have yeah. like, you know, like Ring of Honor wasn't like primetime and like uh, PWG and stuff like that. Um, like they they filmed those. It just wasn't, it wasn't live. And a lot of these people are learning on the spot how to do this kind of stuff, um, mm. which is real cool. And like, it's just real interesting. And like Daniel Bryan's been working with them. Um, Regal's been working with them all. Um like, I think Regal said that there is, like, a no-phone thing that they do um, before, like, before, like, live stuff where they will literally just teach them. Like, they'll just have teaching lessons. Um, and I just think that's really cool. Um, also, I just really, really love William Regal. So, like, anytime I can praise that man, I'm going to do it. Oh, yeah. No, that's... <laughs> when, when, he, when he showed up, that was kind of... I lost my, I lost my ever-loving mind. Yeah, I mean, I, be, I wasn't expecting it. Like, but I, I really wasn't. I like, especially because like he had only just left WWE. What, like a week and a half? It was a little early. It was, seemed soon. Yeah, he had put out a tweet where it was, he was very, very kind about what happened at WWE. Mm-hmm. People get so mad about that, like when like people get released and they're not like bitter towards like the company. Um, just like, are y'all, are y'all okay? Well, it, it's, it's the thing is, is like, you know, that, that that's, you're right. I mean, I, that's something that I think was is worth talking about because, <laughs> you know, you gotta understand, particularly from Regal's standpoint, he's not going to track the company that's full of 30 to 50 people that he trained himself. Fair. Yeah. Right. So, right. You know, like, I mean, so many of the wrestlers that are at the top of the, I mean, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, you know, these guys that are at the top of the card, or at least the top of the mid card, um, because there's only one person at the top of the card anymore if it's not Brock and Roman. But like all these other people <laughs> that are at the top of the mid card, they, they're regal guys, mm. you know, and uh, and they've all worked for them to some extent. Um, and they all all have great things to say about him. So I mean, so yeah, he was very nice about it. I, I probably wouldn't have been as nice because I would have been like, I trained all your people for you. Now you fired me. So you fired I, I, me. I would have been. But he, he he put out a nice tweet, and then I think he waited maybe two or three weeks, maybe, and then showed up. And I think he's really in a good place. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Like uh, working with NXT versus like the main roster, when you get released from like the NXT, you only have a. Th- 30 day no compete clause whether uh where on the main roster you have the 90 um which i guess brings me to um um oh god what is this oh he was known as malcolm bivens which is what most people know him as um since we're still on anna and jade his no compete 
literally ended the day before Double or Nothing, and nobody had met him before Double or Nothing. Other than, like, obviously the people that worked with him in NXT. But, like, nobody, like, Tony Khan, nobody met him in person until the day of Double or Nothing. And then (laughs) they did exactly what I wanted them to do, which was put him with Jade Cargill. Because they put him with Diamond Mine in NXT. And they kind of just, like, fucked Diamond Mine over. Excuse my French. But, um, that's a fair statement, <laughs> yeah. Um, just like, uh, but Malcolm Bivens is he's a mouthpiece, man. Like, man is like untouchable on the mic. Like, I love him to death, he's great. Um, Stokey, Stokey is his name. There we go, that's it. I had to think about his actual name. Um, but I love his Twitter because he right now is Big Stoke, and I just love him. He's fantastic, like, his Twitter game is unmatched. Nyla Rose is still number one, though she can't she can't be beat. Uh, uh, agreed, especially after this week. But but yes, uh, agreed. <laughs> I do uh, real quick. I, I do want to say one thing because I love Anna Jay as well, and I've been and I've been a ever you know I, my my big thing was I, I was texting a lot of wrestling fans after the the big bloodbath match out of Penelope and Bunny, and I was like I was like are we gonna stop talking crap about Anna Jay and, and the Bunny now yeah. because like I don't know what else I can do for you. <laughs> right, uh, like, but uh, Anna, this this match, uh, which is a lot of people were kind of like crapping on. Honestly, I thought it was a really good match. I thought it was really good. And I'm not a big Jay Cargill fan, uh, but this was the first match that I thought it kind of looked like there was a moment where Jade was going to lose, and it was when Anna did that really cool. She, she did, it looked like she was going to do a schoolboy roll up, and she kicked Jade's legs out from under and, and caught her in the the Queen Slayer, I think is what she calls it. The, the, the yes, right. that was so good. That was so neat, and like, and, it, and I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to. I mean, literally, because I, I I said to Jared, uh, I was like, we were at uh, our cousin's house. I said to Jared, I was like, oh, well, they're going to put it on it because literally, I, I thought that's that's an ending of the match right yeah. there, you know. Um, of course they did it, but still, I, I really thought that was a good match. And I'm like, yeah, I, I think uh, Anna's really grown, and and uh, I, I'm always I always got a soft spot for workers that grow uh, in in spite of like the fans' somewhat ire, mm-hmm. and Anna's one of them. And uh, yeah. so I, I really I, I've liked uh, seeing her her growth. Yeah, um, I think she's you know, I think one of the big things for her. I mean, I mean, obviously not taking anything away from just her own willpower and her just being like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be great at it. Uh, Putting her with the dark order when you have guys who have been in it for, you know, so many years longer. um, I I think that's definitely helped her out a lot. You know, that she's kind of had, you know, like you had said, I mean, anytime that you see them on being on, you know, being the elite, like I, I know that that's like a, that's kind of like a like play for like laughs and like kind of like a behind the scenes thing, but they always generally look like like an actual like family in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, being I know the elite is great. It's it's so much fun. Like I I I watch when I can. I don't keep up with it like I should. But it's just so much fun to watch certain episodes. Um, and it's just and it made me fall in love with the young bucks even more. Um, <laughs> they but, are so, massive trolls on being the elite. It's great. They, they, they're just the best, though, at being the worst. And, and, that's, <laughs> and that's why I love them. Um, Josh, I was curious, because um, I know you and I discussed that w- I th- I thought it was the match of the night. 
Um, but what were your thoughts on Death Triangle versus House of Black? Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it, there's two matches that could have been matched, like that one or uh, Serena and uh, Thunder Rose. I really, really liked. Oh, uh, yes. But, uh, listen, you will never, ever, ever get me to say bad things about any of the six men in the ring. No. Uh, on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a, I, of course, you know, I, I, Malachi and I, I've always loved Malachi. Um, Going back to his time in Evolve, um, you know when, you know when I, he, I was like, just who is this this dude? Because he's so different. He's different yeah. from everybody. Um, but I remember when I remember I told you I was like when they I was like if they bring in Brody, you know when when R H went out of business, so if they bring in Brody King, this is going to set things off. And uh, that, I mean Brody's been perfect. And then of course my man my man Buddy Matthews, you know the the one guy you talk about that glass ceiling WWE man that was the guy that broke it. F- Five or six times, never got through. Uh, I I love that entire uh, grouping because they they work so well together. Uh, that face paint that came out in uh, with the mask and everything was just so neat. Um, they you could and when when they're wrestling Death Triangle, even though it's like a blood feud, um, this this is such a mark thing to say. I realize it. But it looks like they're just having so much fun in the ring. Yeah. Like, like you, you just tell, like, there's just moments where, like, this is the coolest thing we've ever done. Mm-hmm. You know, like, just, you know, that, that there was that moment where, like, all three of them were, uh, all three of Death Triangle was surrounding uh, Malachi. And, like, any other hill move is to just run away, you know. But then, you know, House of Black, I don't know if they're, I don't know what they are. They're some kind of tweener group. They're not really hills or faces. And Malachi's just like, bring it on. You know, like, it's just like, you know, like he took them all out. It's so cool. Uh, I, I love the entire match. Um, you know, uh, Brody probably doesn't need to try his swanton over the top rope anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. You know, I, I, I understand that was one of the things that made him an RLH, and I get it. Uh, but you know, you don't when, when you're when you got when you got Buddy and, and Malachi with you, you don't need to do that, man. Like you, you got you know, you had you had five other people that could pull that spot off. You don't need to. Don't die, Brody. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I just yeah, I, I, I love the match. It was perfect. Uh, you know, just uh, fast paced, perfect hitting, told great great storytelling. Um, you know, I've I've said this. Uh, uh, this is such a weird thing to say. I've said it a thousand times. I'm going to say it again. There is no one who has a better German suplex in the world than uh, than Pac or Neville. Uh, he, he just looks like it's just such a brutal, like quick German. Uh, I love it every time he does it. Uh, and then, and I'll you know, here's the thing. Um, yeah, I, I feel bad for uh, for Pillman and Griff, but uh, Julia Hart, you know. Uh, I, I thought that worked. She turned. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah. Oh, so good though. Yeah. Oh, so so I popped for it. I'm not gonna lie. Well, it's it's the you know it's, it's the last kind of thing they needed. You know they needed a they needed a girl in there. Mm. And uh, I, I did not expect that girl to be Julia Hart, uh, the former you know cheerleader. But uh, but we'll see how that works out. I mean she you know here's the other you know I said this last night. No one said anything. The mist is hard to pull off. It takes a while of practice. Well, she spit that thing like a champ, dude. So, <laughs> yeah. All over Pac's face. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's not easy. So, uh, so, no, I thought that was a fantastic match. I will say this, though. Okay. Um, I love watching these guys. 
but we need to move on <laughs> from this feud because <laughs> like because this is now like this is this is close to the third pay-per-view this might be the third pay-per-view where they've they've wrestled each other in mm-hmm. some form or fashion yeah and, uh, and like you know like at this point i want to see what house of black can do i i'll go and put this out here i know it's a spoiler alert my dream right now is Malachi versus CM Punk. Uh, that's the match I'd like to see next. Mm. Um, but like, we'll we'll see where that goes. But I, I, I do think they need to kind of to move away from this this feud for a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I really know. liked it, and like, I was real excited for it. But then, like, Pack had like issues traveling, and then Phoenix got injured, and I'm like. Once I finally get, like, the end-all, be-all of this match, it's gonna be so good. And, I mean, it was. It was very good. Like, match of the night stuff. Um, Maybe even, like, a match of the year candidate. Um, It was just, it was really good. And, like, I was pleasantly shocked um, at how, like, I knew it was gonna be good, but I was just pleasantly shocked at, like, how good, like, all their in-ring chemistry was, like, they didn't really miss a beat, except for Brody and his swanton thing. But, um, yeah, maybe don't do that again. But everything else in that match was, it was flawless and it was good. And the in-ring chemistry was phenomenal. Like, we could come back to it at a later date, but maybe not, like, for a while. Right, I agree. Like, set, set up something different for, you know, I'm, I'm, ass- I'm assuming they'll... I don't know. I don't know if they'll do something for, for Forbidden Door for House of Black versus another group. Uh, I don't. I, I apologize. I don't know a lot about New Japan, and I, and I need I need to study more. I apologize. <laughs> there are so many, so many groups. They have a lot. Yeah, Japan, yeah. They're really faction heavy over there. They're, um, they're faction heavy in AEW, which is saying something. I got you. Yeah. So there's so many groups that you could see House of Black take on. That would be fun. What's the group Evil's in? Uh, Jenny, you probably know that. Um, it's Evil and... Um, oh my god, I'm blanking on names. Yeah, I know I, what you're talking about, but yeah, my, my, my name radar... Is there, just, there's literally a wrestler just called Evil. Just called Evil? Just okay. Gotcha. And uh, he's awesome. Um, there's but, obviously the Bullet Club, which the Bullet Club will never die. The Bullet Club is fine. Yeah. I, I am in real quick offshoot. I am real intrigued to see what the Bullet Club ends up doing for Forbidden Door because they're all all these guys like like you know Jay White. Even though you know Adam Cole was kicked out of the Bullet Club, I mean Jay mm-hmm. White is the Bullet Club right now. He's acting like he's good friends with Cole, and then of course you got Omega, who you know him and Jay White have their issues. I'm intrigued to see what they do with all that stuff because that's that storyline like never really got completed. Mm. Yeah. And you also have the added factor of like Kyle and Bobby in there who competed in New Japan right. um, against like the Bullet Club. Like there's so much stuff going on there and like like hopefully Kenny gets to come back and like I don't think he's uh, I think I read that he's not healing the way he's supposed to and he's kind of come to terms that he's never going to be 100% again I was like that's what happens when you try to carry two companies on your back in the same year Kenny yeah, sure. <laughs> like man had to carry Impact and AEW like that can't be easy <laughs> that's that's rough though man I, I I hope I hope that he does he does make a, a decent comeback though like I mean yeah 
I mean, it's it's Kenny Omega. You know, he's 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 gonna show up sooner or later. You know, but I was know. so mad when like Revolution happened and like his music hit. I was like, oh my god, it's Kenny, and it was fucking Don Callis. I was like, I was like, God, I hate this man. I hate him so much with every fucking. I'm like, man, you're doing your job so well. I'm like, I hate you so much. Oh goodness. Um, Jenny, you know the um, I, I I will admit I've I kind of struggled to keep up with the entirety of the tournaments between Rampage and Dynamite over over the last few weeks, but. Um, I did get to watch different highlights beforehand because I wanted to see kind of where everyone was at. But I was curious, what did you think of the two Owen Hart matches between uh, Joe and Cole and then, of course, uh, Britt and, and uh, Ruby? I think well, I really liked both of them, but I think Bru- uh, Britt and Ruby kind of like did a little bit better than like Joe and Cole. Like, I think given more time with like Joe and Cole, it'll be better, but. They had such a weird time limit on that kind of stuff. And I think, I don't know if, like, Martha got a say in who won and everything. Uh, but if she did, like, good for her. Um, like, I love Samoa Joe and I love Adam Cole. Everyone knows that I am a huge Undisputed Era person. Um, I had yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's literally in my TikTok handle. <laughs> um, so, um but uh, just, like, it was good in itself, and, like, bravo to them for giving us that match when NXT wouldn't, even though it was right there for them to do. Um, so there's that. Um, but I just think the women just did a little bit better. Um, that started off kind of slow for them, but, like, then there was, like, curb stomps and, like, lock jaws and backslides, and I was like, oh, my God, because I really didn't know because there was a time where I thought Ruby was going to go in and she was going to win, especially because she had Rancid play her play her theme song. And mm. then you had, like, the guitarist from Fozzie to do Brits. Um, yeah. So, like, there's I, that. I <laughs> love how you said yeah. that so much. Then you had the guitarist from Fozzie play Brits. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um looked annoyed at the guitars from Fozzie, so, like, you know. Yeah, she liked her, she was like, dude, you're not even, like, just stop. Um, and then, like, um, just watching it, like, even looking at it beforehand, you kind of knew what was gonna happen, um, but now that, that gives me a little bit more hope that we might be getting, like, a power couple-y kind of gimmick with Adam and Britt, being like, oh, like, we're making history in this company, and, like, we're the first people to do this. We're the first couple to do this. And that can segue into Adam and Britt versus the wrestlings. Um, and the best thing about that is, like, we know Adam and Johnny can put on bangers. We've seen it time after time at TakeOver. And Candice actually helped train Britt Baker. So that's, like, a student versus teacher kind of thing. And they've actually fought before, um, like, super in the indies. Um, but, like, getting to see it on, like, public TV would be cool. And everyone knows I'm a huge, massive Candice LeRae nerd. So, any, if I can get Candice LeRae, that would be great. Plus, she's, she's super tight with the Young Bucks. Like, they even talk about her in their book. So, um, 
like if she's gonna go back to wrestling, I feel like it would be at AEW. Um, plus, you get all those extra times to you know be with your kid, and you still get to go to Disney and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I would love that. I I can't say anything bad about Samoa. I just can't like. I can't hate Adam Cole and I can't hate Britt Baker no matter how much like AEW wants me to. Um, like I just, I can't, I can't hate them. I can't hate Samoa Joe. I can't hate Ruby Soho. Like I, I can't, I just can't. Like there yeah. are so many wrestlers where I'm just like, they're trying to make me not like you and I just can't do it. Like, I love you, man. I think that's the only issue with Adam Cole and Britt Baker as heels is because, you know, like, we just love them so much because they're so fantastic, you know? And, and of course, I mean, the, the, the three of us on this podcast were lucky enough to meet them, uh, at Lexington comic con. And the thing is, is they were so nice, you know, and just uh, like, like, Oh, these people are just delightful. And then like, but Adam Cole is like the worst and like stole hangman's belt at the time, you know, and stuff like that. (laughs) So it's, uh, that's that. That's the only thing. It's 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 like you know they're really good at what they do, but it's it's hard to for us to hate them. You know, so yes. yeah, no, you were absolutely correct. Yeah. Uh, real quick question for you, Jenny, because I thought this was I thought this was interesting. But they've been doing this more and more often yes. with Britt. Okay, and I yeah. want to get your opinion on it. So Britt shook Ruby's hand at the end of this match and helped her up. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you think do do you, do you think we're getting a Britt face turn anytime soon? I think what is going to happen is Jamie is probably going to turn on Brit at some point. Um, they've planted enough seeds for that to happen. Plus, like, it's Jamie Hayter, so, like, I will watch her in anything. That woman could sit on me and I would say thank you. Um, but, like, I think Brit needs to be a face. Like, she's fantastic as a heel. She's improved dramatically since starting in AEW um especially on the mic like when you're dating Adam Cole you can't be bad on the mic you just can't um it's 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 a conflict of interest and you can't do it um but I think because she tried to play it off like she didn't do it like she didn't want you to see it um because she just kind of like rolled her eyes and was like yeah sure whatever I'm like I think we might be going back to face Brit um, which would be kind of cool, because um, then that would give me another reason to want her to have the title again. Because I don't want to heal Brit as the champion again. I want face Brit. Um, so, because um, I know like her first face run didn't like hit with everybody, because she kind of just felt like she was just happy to be there. Um, and we've seen it so many times in so many wrestling promotions that somebody's just oh, I'm so happy to be here and just be on TV and get to fight people. And then she turned heel and, like, everyone fell in love with her. And I think now that we've solidified Britt as a competitor, um, we can take that and turn her face. Um, Because, like I said, like, it's hard to hate somebody that you generally end up liking. Um, It's hard to be a heel and be a fan favorite at the same time. Like, if that makes sense. Well, I, I do think, you know, one of the, not not to not to get too hyperbolic here, although that is my thing, um, but when you look at the, the what you just said, you're like, you know, like, well, people don't really like her because she's just happy to be there. 
then she became a hill and then everybody loved her that's that's the rocks you know entire career right i mean that's his whole thing you know rocky mafia everyone hated rocky sucks when rock got to do his his personality that's when people fell in love with him and i think if we're going to turn brit face and i do think it's coming if it happens they need to keep the edge on her because like she, she can't be like ruby and like chris statlander for example uh, or even like what what Tay Conti was, and before all this mess with Sammy happened. Oh but like, God! But like, but like, mm. th- this just kind of like I'm just really happy, you know, go lust smile all the time. If they do that, it's not going to work. But if she still is like a face who's coming out saying, "Yeah, I'm carrying this women's division," yeah, that, that, I think that'd be perfect. And you yeah. really don't have a, a, a face like that on AEW right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be the closest maybe, but I don't know. That's not really his thing either. Moxley doesn't really talk. That's the best thing about Moxley. But when he does, you you pay attention to him. Right, that's true. Moxley is Moxley, though. Yeah, that's, well, true, that, yeah. that's the thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I, I love Britt. I think, and I, I love Jamie Hader as well. I think Jamie Hader's uh, fantastic. Um, uh, I, you know, I I really am kind of shocked they kind of held her back as much as they have because she was, I thought, a really big signing for them. Um, because of her, because of her work on the Indies, you know, and with wrestling, you know, people like Roxy and stuff like that, some of those classic matches you had there. Uh, so I'm, I'm really intrigued to see if, if that's where they're going. I would, I'd, I'd pay money to see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, circling back around because we did, I, I apologize. I was, I was skipping a couple of matches and then I just kind of went in order after that. And now I want to go back around to the beginning. Um, <laughs> Because because this is this was you know such a big thing at least the day of leading up to Double or Nothing, um, so Josh thoughts on MJF and Wardlow now being all elite officially. I thought about this match a lot, and first okay that's a dumb that like I, I understand what what they did in storyline, but Wardlow's been all elite for three hey, years. Come on, okay, man. hang hey man, okay, like, now I'm, he but now he gets the billboard, I, you know. I, I, now he gets, he's breaking kayfabe. Look at him. Exactly. Right, all right, okay. I, just, I thought that was like, I was like, it's still hey, real to me. Damn it. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> you know, whatever. You know. I, but okay. But yeah. But no, I am. I am almost hundred percent convinced that was not the match they had planned. Yeah, no. I'd... Um, I think there's a lot of. I don't. MJF's interesting to me because I think MJF is the best hill in the business. I don't think anyone's even close. Mm. I also think he's incredibly stupid if he thinks he's going to go to WWE and pull pull this stuff, um, because because I think CM Punk's right in WWE. He's second rate Miz. You know that's what they will do with him. Um, you know you you can't. The only the only hills that get title shots in WWE are massive guys. That's that's the only ones, and so it, or or actually get into that main event picture. If he thinks he's going to go WWE and do a WrestleMania, I just don't see it happening. Um, but but beyond that, you know, I you know the match is fine. I mean, it's what it's kind of what people wanted, I guess. Unless you're a really really big in MJF, um, I would prefer something a little more. Um, competitive, <laughs> quite yeah. frankly. You don't like the uh, nine power bombs, and then just we're done. I don't mind, listen, I don't <laughs> mind the, no, I don't mind the amount of power bombs. Okay, but what I'm saying is that when you when you have MJF who's going toe to toe with Darby, who's going toe to toe with CM Punk, who's going toe to toe with you know all these guys, um, 
you know, who's who's had really, you know, who's who's had success. I mean, MJF has lost what three times total, and in, in AW, Penny is that I'm, I'm close, right? Uh, yeah, and a, a couple of them were like DQs, so he 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 didn't technically lose on his own behalf, like he didn't get mm-hmm. pinned or submitted or anything like that uh, for a yeah. good chunk of those. So, like, I mean, when when your when your losses are basically like. CM Punk and then Captain Sean Dean. Yeah, we had, we had him and like, <laughs> but like, I mean, when your losses are like, you know, CM Punk and like Moxley, I think Moxley beat him maybe. Uh, like, and then you just get squashed by Warlow like that. It kind of, you know, I, I know most people don't think this way, and I, I'm probably the only one that does, but it does kind of like hurt what he's done because the whole point of this is like, you know, MJF is is a good wrestler. You know, he's just a jerk. And I, I don't know. I don't know. To me, it, it was different. And, I, and it, when it was, as it was happening, I was like, okay, this is, you held us up for money, you know, before this match was going to go down. You know, you went into business for yourself. And so we're going to, we're going to make you pay for it. And, you know, of course they, and, you know, they, Sean Ross Sapp reported, you know, that he tried to get a word of him afterwards. Uh, and, you know, and, MJF just kind of blew him off, so I've got a lot to think about and left. And, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes forward. Um, with Wardlow, I mean, Wardlow's about as big as anybody is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Goldberg 4.0 is a fantastic way to put it. Um, I want to see Wardlow in an actual working match. Um, his closest so far has been the CM Punk match, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, but, I mean, I think I could have a good match with CM Punk. So I, I want to see him in, a, in an actual, like, working, like, match where it's like, you know, it, it's we're, we're actually doing things where we're not just, like, feeding Lance Archer to him, you know, or <laughs> MJF to him. You know, like, we're, we're like, it's a match with, like, or, ends uh, and flows. What is, what is Big Cast now? Uh, well, uh, Will Morrissey. Was that not a good match? Oh, no, 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 no. No, he's... It, I didn't think his his was bad. I didn't, I didn't think Archer's was bad. It's just like you said. It's just it was feeding them to Wardlow yeah. basically. Like like they all like even uh, uh, the Butcher and 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 uh, and Archer and everything. They had decent matches. Well, see, it's that's just another, that's another thing. What I'm talking about is like you know MJF. You know is is a top guy in the company, mm-hmm. and yet you know you have him have a worse showing than once again. I I don't hate Lance Archer, but I'm just saying like. You haven't had work showing than Archer or Morrissey. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's kind of weird. And that's mm-hmm. why I think it, that probably wasn't the, uh, the, that probably wasn't what the match was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I also don't think that match is supposed to go first. That match, that match as written makes absolutely no sense as the first match of the yeah. night. Yeah, Young Bucks versus Hardys makes a way, way more, more sense, sense. As, as an opener. Yeah, like, that match, that match, if, 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 it's a, if it's a 10 power bomb, I'm going to kill MJF type match. Uh, that makes more sense as your middle as your middle palate like cleanser. Right after the, the Owen Hart right, matches, exactly. I would say. Yeah. yeah. So, so so actually we're talking about it at just the right time then of where it was supposed to be, I right, suppose. Exactly. You know. <laughs> well, look at look at that. It's 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 all connected. <laughs> um, Jenny, did you did you like how the Wardlow MJF match went? I I mean like it did what it was supposed to do, which was put Wardlow over, but I do think it was just kind of like a I don't know, like, what happened backstage. I know, like, MJF's got issues with Tony Khan over money, which, like, I get it. Um, but it's not like Tony Khan straight up told him, no, I'm never going to give you money. Suck it up. He based from what I have read, so I don't know 
any kind of validity to any of it because it's literally the internet and people can just pull stuff out of thin air. Um, but um, from what I understand, Tony offered him more money now if he signed a contract extension. Uh, I think until 2025 or 2026. And MJF said no, from what I understand. So, like, so I, I, from think, like a business. Well, see, I, I think that's, I think, I think, you know, you say it's the internet, but like what you just told is like the story that Sap, Alvarez, and Meltzer are all saying. If you get all three of those guys to agree on something, you know, like that's, that's, that's like next to impossible. So yeah, when they're all fair. three making that statement, I think you're correct. But I'm sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, no, um, I totally get it. Um, but like, I understand, like, I get being mad that you're not making as money as much as, like, all these other people. Because you are, if you think about AEW, you're going to think about MJF. Like, he is a homegrown AEW person. Um, not not saying he wasn't, like, good on the indies um, and stuff like that. But there are people that have just gotten bigger doing stuff like AEW. Like, Britt was really good on the indies. She won belts on the indies. She made a name for herself in AEW. Um, same thing with, like, Anna and Jungle Boy um, and stuff like that. But um, it's it's really weird to hold a company up for money and then disappoint hundreds and hundreds of people by not showing up to your meet and greet. Um, I don't know how people think this is a work. Um, I don't understand why you do, why people think Tony Khan and the company would upset people for a work, um, especially people that paid probably like hundreds of dollars to do this meet and greet because um, it's fan fest. Um, but like I I don't know people thinking it's a work is weird. But like I tried to take everything with MJF with a grain of salt because I'm pretty sure that man eats, sleeps, breathes, living in kayfabe. So. Um, cause you hardly ever see him break out of the MJF persona. Um, it's extremely rare to see it. Um, like he yeah. even tells little kids to just go, go F themselves. Yeah. Um, like it's extremely rare for him to break character. Um, uh, but I do think he is legitimately mad and I can understand why. Um, but don't, don't act the way that you are acting. Um, like you're still under contract and like I don't know um like I don't know it's just a weird situation and I hope it all gets worked out because apparently Tony and MJF are gonna have a sit down and talk today um but I haven't heard anything about that um everything's kind of at a standstill because Raw is on right now so I just I I, I kind of for me you know it's it, it's his contract's apparently up January first, twenty twenty four. For me, I, I see where Tony's coming from because the way I kind of understand it, you know, like he went to Tony and was like, "I want more money," and Tony was kind of like, "Capital I deal, sport. Let's sign this. Let's sign this big deal and keep you here because you're because you, you're right. He is AEW. I mean, like mm-hmm. he's a pillar. And uh, but like I don't I. It, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite because I'm very pro Sasha and Naomi and what they did. <laughs> but, like, this this concept of, like, holding up a storyline that you've kept going for two years um, and and then, like, you know, when you get what you want but you don't get it on the terms that you want, 
Um, because like, I don't understand why he thinks, why anybody would think it's a good idea to just sign, give this guy more money if he's going to leave January 1st, 2024, particularly in the, in the wake of Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, I'm like, yeah, I really hope it works out because I don't want to see him. I, I do not want to see MJF at WWE. I, I just do not, you know, it sounds like mm-hmm. I'm really down to WWE. I'm really not as down, but I just know what happened to those type of wrestlers in WWE. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just, it just becomes kind of a, a problem where they don't get to be what they can be. Um, I've just seen it over and over and over again, uh, you know, and uh, I just don't want to see it with him. But, yeah. Um, and then, like, people compared it to, like, the Sasha and Naomi situation. It's not really the same thing. Because um, Sasha and Naomi walked out because... They didn't have plans for the women's tag titles, and they wanted a direction. They wanted to know where they were going, but they were basically being fed to Bianca and Ronda to elevate the other women's titles. You have a roster of people, a roster of good talent. You have Asuka, you have, like, Shotzi, you have Aaliyah, you have Natalia, you have Shayna Baszler, you have Carmella and Zelina, and... You have all these people you can put in those positions to elevate your main women's titles without sacrificing your women's tag titles. Um, I'm going to be honest, the tag titles just feel really irrelevant. Um, so, but that that's a conversation for another time. It's not, not an AEW conversation. It's not. But yeah, yeah well, I brought them up just because it was a comparison. Although I will, since you brought them up, uh, Sasha Banks can do no wrong. I've always said that. And also, since you brought her up as too free Shotzi, uh, Shotzi needs to be in AEW. I don't know. Like, if, there, if there's a wrestle right now in WWE that needs to be in AEW, it's Shotzi Blackheart. I don't. <laughs> like, so, and WWE should know that. So, y'all just get to work on that, you know, and get a Shotzi in AEW where she belongs. Um, you know, yeah. I'm just sorry mm-hmm. to throw that out there. She has a tank. She does have a she tank. She got a new and improved tank after Candace ran it over. Yeah, she did. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh, I was kind of curious because you actually brought them up first. Um, I was curious your thoughts on American Top Team, I guess technically with Paige Van Zandt, uh, versus Sammy, uh, Ty, and Frankie. I don't know if it's a if, if it's the stupidest storyline or the most interesting storyline they had last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, like, I turned to... Like I turned and, and and I've gotten different answers. I've asked several people this: Who are the hills and who are the faces in the storyline? And I realized, like, I think even I tried, I tried to give an answer, this, and I was like, I got nothing. This, like, I got nothing for you. Sorry. Well, because we're, I realized we're in this post, like you know, like they're trying to do, they're trying to do something that's beyond that, you know, and that's fine. But like wrestling, even even when they're like, we don't do traditional hills and facing more. Wrestling always has somebody you're supposed to root for, somebody you're supposed to root against. Mm-hmm. So you have in this in this match, you've got Sammy and Tay, who we have all turned against. Okay, I, I you know, I don't get why. Like, well, I, I, I do, I, but like at the same time, like I don't. I'm just I, like, what are y'all doing? I remember when they had Sammy propose to his girlfriend on oh, yeah. TV, and I remember thinking to myself. This did not work out well for John Cena. I don't know why they think it's going to work out well for Sammy Guevara. Um, but, you know, that happened. And then, of course, you know, within three weeks, you know, you go on tour with Tay Conti. 
things happen, I guess. You know, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I'm everything after that speculation. Okay. I don't know what happened. You know, nobody knows. All we know is now we hate Sammy and Tay. But, and I wouldn't mind that as much, except why there should never be any, any wrestling fan. This, you talk about hyperbolic statement. There is no wrestling fan that should ever be rooting for Dan Lambert. I don't understand that. Uh, like, I, I don't, I don't get that at all. Um, and so like, now you've got me in this weird situation where I, I guess, so like, anyway, the way I broke it down was, I think Scorpio's a face and Paige is a face, Paige Van Zant's a face, and then Ethan Page is a heel, and then Sammy's a heel, and Tay's a heel, and Frankie Gasparian's a face. And it made, I will say this, it made for a really interesting match, because you had, you know, like, Kazarian was getting put out of Sammy, um, you know, like, um, you know, like, I, I, I will, th- this is weird, though, because the simple of this match was, if Sammy and Kazarian lose, they can never go after the TV titles unless Scorpio Sky has it, which Sammy's entire thing for the past year, year or more, has been, you know, he wants competition. And yet you have all these moments in this match where he's like, I, I don't care if it's going to make out of Tay Conti, you know? Like, that was a weird kind of dynamic. It, it was funny because of, like, you know, old Frankie Gazarian, you know, trying to <laughs> be like, no, we got we to gotta win this. So it led to some funny moments. But it was just kind of weird. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I will say I have positive feelings about it, but I don't want to see it again. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know? On the bright side, the stipulation of the match is that we never have to see it again. That's true. That's yeah. As, so, yeah. As long as I think it's as long as Scorpio Sky holds the TNT title. Yeah. I we- think that's your underlying one there. Um, but I believe Scorpio Sky and like America's Top Team are supposed to be heels. But they always put them against people that we don't like, like yep. Cody and Brandy and Tay and Sammy. And I'm just like, do we all hate love? Is that is that what's going <laughs> on here? Because, um, like, I can get it. Like, Brandy is not great in the ring. She's not as awful as everyone makes her out to be, but she's not great. Um, and, like... Like, Tay has improved a whole lot just watching her from, like, NXT to now. She's improved a whole lot. Um, And, like, four months ago, we were all cheering for Tay Conti. So, oh, excuse me. I'm forever under the impression that wrestling fans are fickle. I'm just going to agree with with, um, Brian Danielson on that. Fickle. Everybody is fickle. You will get what you want and then immediately turn. Everybody was mad that CM Punk wasn't the champion when he first came in. He wasn't in that picture. Man became the champion, and everybody is mad. I'm like, you guys, we have to pick a side and stay on it. I'm tired of getting the heel turn and then being like, you never appreciated me when I was a face. So now you don't have to like me. You can boo me all you want. I'm like... I didn't turn in to be verbally assaulted like this. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, I, I, I do really. I'm. I've I've liked Tay ever since the May Young Classic, and uh, I think that was the first time I saw her. Yeah. And and, and I I thought she was really her judo stuff was really interesting. Then 
I think he's improved dramatically. In fact, I would actually say he's probably one of the just in ring, probably one of the five best in AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's in a weird spot right now. And one thing, I I, I, I don't want to turn this into a woke podcast. I really don't. But man, like we got it. It's 2022, man. We gotta stop the slut shaming stuff. I mean, like it's it's ridiculous to, to do that. <laughs> yeah. Particularly with someone as talented as Tay, you know, like it was like it, I, I'm not gonna say we shouldn't have done in 2001 with Stephanie McMahon, but like there was a whole different situation where like Stephanie McMahon was like the boss and like she was evil and like was trying to kill people actively, you know, something <laughs> like that. Like Tay <laughs> is, like, is, is like an actual wrestler who's worked very very hard to get to where she is and to put her in an, in an old diva storyline to me is just not, not where I wanted her at all, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so like, I, you know, I just, I, I really hope after, since if we're, if we're moving on from this, let's leave that in the past too. Um, unless I'd have that be a thing because I think, you know, particularly somewhat we, we see now these women are, you know, just, just stealing the show left and right. And that, it, it's unnecessary to do that. Well, uh, speaking of women still in the show. Uh, oh, let's go. Yeah, Josh, uh, Serena, or, or no, excuse me, uh, Jenny, uh, Jenny, uh, Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa. Uh, what do what, you think about that one? That was a technical wrestling clinic, and I'm so glad that we had that match. And if they wanted to do it again, I'm not going to be mad about it. Because wanna... Serena Deeb is so good, and people have underestimated her forever. Um, and, like, I'm just really glad that she gets to showcase how she's showcasing. And I love Thunder Rosa. I think she's fantastic. Um, everything that she did, like, up to get to the AEW Women's Champion uh, shit match that she did with Britt was fantastic. Um, I wish we could have built this a little bit better. Because um, they just kind of just did chats with them, essentially. Um, mm. Which, like, for... People like me who love both of them, that's fine. But for, like, people that just kind of, like, watch week to week and don't really watch, like, Rampage or being the elite or try to, like, dig back to, like, the indies and stuff. Like, that's, that really feels like that one just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Even, like, using the rankings as this is who your competitors are. um, Like, people don't look at the rankings. Some people don't have social medias. Um, to where they can keep up with the rankings. Um, so, um, but, like, the match itself, like, it started off kind of slow, but, like, once it picked up, it, it took, like, I, I, I can't believe it happened. Like, it was just so good. I think I was just in shock the fact that I got a dream match that I kind of wanted. Um, which is kind of how AEW just be treating me right now. They just be kicking me with dream matches. I'm like, okay, well, fine. Um, you can just feed it to me. I'm like that one, like, meme where the, like, girl's getting fed all, like, the jello and stuff. Um, and she just looks extremely overwhelmed. That's me. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, like, yeah, it was just a wrestling clinic. And um, it really, really made, look. It really made Thunder Rosa look really good. It didn't really hurt Serena Deeb either, um, which is also something that's really hard to pull off in a wrestling match is where nobody comes out looking weak, but you also have people, you also have your champion look really strong 
to have to go through everything that went there because they were doing they were doing submissions they were like hitting each other with drivers and dives and everything like in the book they were just like left and right and I was just like this is so good like I love like I love women's wrestling like it's at it it's at like the the greatest peak right now because there's just so much there's so many good women's wrestlers now and when we don't put them in diva storylines or like pair them with their partners like they just do so well and if you just let them wrestle like we're good like just give me more of that just just build just build it a little bit better and like I think it would have had more of an effect on everybody if they just would have built it a little bit better um but that was also kind of a big deal on this card nothing was really there was a couple matches that just felt like we didn't have like a big build up to it so um but sometimes you don't need that not everything has to have like a six-year story build up so I say six years. AEW's only been around for like three, but it's fine. <laughs> we'll get to six years soon. Yes, yeah, soon, soon. You're 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 definitely not wrong because that was one of the things that I was kind of thinking going into it. Because um, I think the last, the last like full because God, I was so I was so behind there when we were just doing different things between work and other things. Um, I think the last like full week that I watched was like maybe the first or second week of may mm-hmm. and by that point I, my thought process was they need to kind of like like start like setting some stuff up before you know this pay-per-view coming up and i think i think it's because we're so used to wwe in a lot of ways and kind of that mindset where most of your t- if your big matches will have a couple of like well, like, like have like, like pay reviews. Like, say you have three pay reviews in a row, it'll be like a best of three. You know, like, like this, like one guy will win this time, next guy, next time they'll lose, and then the third one is like, oh, this is for everything. You know, this is the big match, you know, or something like that, where you have these month long stories. Whereas, you know, you contrast that with the AEW, where a lot of times, like you said, it's just they just want to get to wrestling. You know, in in a, in a lot of ways, um, and I think that's kind of. I think there might be pros and cons to that, but all the same, I mean, last night was one of the more fun pay reviews I've watched in a long time. So I think I think it definitely worked for this one. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, Deeb and Thunder Rosa. I mean, Thunder Rosa. I've the the last like four matches I've watched Thunder Rosa in have been for the best matches I've seen like that night, pretty much. Because I mean, you had. I mean, obviously the fantastic match against Britt Baker. Um, then you had the, the great defense against Nyla Rose and then, and then now you have this and I know, I know I'm missing one that I can't think of right now, but, um, those three just were three of the better matches I've seen pretty much this year. Um, and it's because she is just, she's just fantastic and then nothing against her opponents, obviously of any means, but she is just, she, she's on another level right now. Like she really is. And I, and I'm, and I'm glad, I'm glad she won. I'm glad, I'm glad we get to kind of carry that on a little, a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Josh, thoughts on uh, Demon Thunder Rosa? Yeah, Anything I mean, to add? Or no, just, I don't have anything much to add. I, 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 I thought it was the match of the night, um, the best one. Uh, my, you know, it, it did start slow, but my favorite type of match is the 
you know, we're gonna we're gonna start, we're gonna fill each other out, and then okay, you know, neither one of us can get a head, so now we're just gonna slug it out. That that's that's the that's the type of match I really like. So it, it appealed to me quite a bit. Um, but I will say, like, you know, we were watching with our sister Jenny, who's just not into wrestling really at all. And I always think it's really cool to watch pay-per-views of her because that's how you know when something is working. And she was very much into the uh, Thunder Rose and Serenity match. Yeah. Um, just because of, you know, just the, the dynamics of it and, and how killer they were. Um, you had these, this fantastic moment where, like, they were going, they were trading submission moves. And, you know, they were going back and forth from, like, uh, surfboards to pendulums to, you know, just, like, just back and forth into these really, you know, really technical movesets. Um, and Serena, you know, uh, Jenny's right, Serena's been really slept on a lot. And, of course, some of that's because she had some, some issues, uh, you know, in the past. But I think she's found a really fantastic niche here in AEW as, as the professor. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's almost like a female Dean Malenko. And I really do think that's that's a really working well for her. And um, so I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly fine seeing her uh, stick around for a bit and stay at the top of the card. I do wonder who's next for Thunder Rosa. I don't, I don't think it'll be Britt. Um, but I God, think... Um... If we go by rankings, I think it's Nyla. Well, I think we, if we go just, by rankings. Just had Nyla, right? I'd do it again. I'm fine. Well, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm saying, like, yeah, no, I agree. I just think, like, you know, they, they normally don't do it that quick. But, I mean, Nyla Thunder Rosa is the feud, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, it really is. Um, I personally really, really want to see Sheeta uh, at yeah. Thunder Rosa. Yeah, she'd be great. Uh, I love Hikaru Sheeta. Um so yeah, uh, but no, I mean it's you know uh, to to Jenny's point, there's so many great women wrestlers right now. Uh, you can really, you know, you can kind of do whatever you want. Uh, I mean, you also got to think they just brought in Tony Storm. You know, I mean it. I think and Tony Athena. Gave me for a while, and yeah, yeah. and Athena. And Athena, but, uh, yeah, I think and Athena's gonna mess with Jade for a while. So, yeah, like, you know, but yeah, and I, once again, I'm fine with that. Tony Storm and Jay, Jamie Hayter is that's the kind of match I want to see. Mm. You know? Yeah, for sure. That match yeah. was really good. Like. That match was really good when it happened. Yeah, that's that was that was one I was I was like I, I missed that one, but that was when I was like I'm gonna go back and watch that, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, you know, Josh, it's funny. Of course, you brought up our sister watching, uh, watching with us last night because she did, you know, really enjoy the Serena D Thunder Rosa match, yeah, the and then match. literally the next match the is the the anarchy in the arena. And oh my God! Had one of the funniest quotes because you have the Jericho Appreciation Society come out. They've they they all get in the ring, and of course, everyone sings Judas. And she literally stops as you know Moxley and Santana are coming in, and then and Ortiz and uh, uh, Daniel. Daniel and oh my God, Eddie Kingston. Yeah, God. Uh, and she stops. That one dude. She goes. Did they just tell these guys that they were about to wrestle like five minutes ago? <laughs> and uh, which, which at first I was uh, like, I, I was like, well, that's kind of like their gimmick is, you know, like they just kind of show up, you know, that, that, that you know, that's kind of their thing. But and they come through the crowd and everything. But but then as it progressed forward, that's when I was like, no, she, no, she's right. That's kind of what this looks like, you know. Now a lot of people love this match, and I will readily admit. It had a lot of entertaining moments, but 
if if I have my choice, you know, get you know, give me Death Triangle versus House of Black, give me Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa, give me Punk and Hangman. Like though, those were the matches that really that well, really saved it for me. But it just seemed to go on forever. Uh, Jimmy, you might disagree on this, but it just seemed like that match lasted so long. It, yeah, um, no, I agree. And like, and you know, you've got so. You know, so like one of the things we just talked about was like, you know, Jenny mentioned, I think she's correct, like, would have liked to have seen Cole Joe go a couple more minutes. Would have liked to have seen Brett Soho go a couple more minutes. And if they had cut maybe 10 minutes out of this thing and put five minutes each on those, I think we would have had a better pay per view because mm-hmm. I don't mind crowd brawls, but like, you can, once you've, once you've seen two guys brawling in a crowd for 30 seconds, you've seen literally everything they can do. Uh, well, in fairness, then they started adding condiments. Well, so they did, yeah, yeah. Daniel Garcia and Eddie Kingston were fine. No, not Daniel Garcia. It was not, Daddy not, Magic. Daddy Magic and um, Eddie Kingston were fighting with mustard. Well, because well, so the Garcia did get back there because Garcia's the one gets left in the garage. Yes. Uh, and decides to come out with the gas can. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and he's, I guess he's gonna he's gonna burn the he's whole. He's gonna kill down. kill he's Jericho a lot. Right you know, just burn Which him alive. I gotta admit, like, here's the thing. Even though I'm I'm kind of like I, I I would prefer this match just not be on the card. Like just in general, it's hard for me not to say there weren't hilarious moments in this match. I don't know if all of them were intentional. The funniest thing I've ever seen is both Jericho and Moxley <laughs> trying to get that scooter to go. So like you've got Boxley who's like wrapped Jericho up with like a like a chain or something, and so like he's trying to get the scooter to go, and so like he can't get it to go. So then Jericho, once again, still being choked by the chain, is like trying to push it to get it to go as well. Like that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Probably <clears throat> it, complete total botch. Like you know, one of the they moved away from it really quick. They were like, this is just not going to work, you know. But like. Uh, but you had that, you had, you know, Jericho, uh, you know, finding out where the music's coming from and mm-hmm. ripping it out and bashing That was it. so yeah. random, too. Like, they just kept playing a wild thing, and everyone just kept singing, and then they were like, um, hold on a minute. The mm-hmm. match has started. So Why is the- it still going? And then you have that, it was a really nice callback to, um, oh, God. I forgot the person's name, but they used to do that a lot. Um, it's New Jack, is who it is. Yes, thank you. My yeah. brain just like just farted out there for a second. It was funny. But the difference is New Jack's matches would last six minutes. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, so like this... the whole song, you know, like this thing, this just kept going on, which I mean, once again, that didn't bother me, but like, it just seemed like the match lasts forever. I don't know. Jenny, you might have a different opinion of it. <laughs> um, no, my favorite thing was Eddie Kingston was really just like, just like, all right, I'm just going to come out here and commit murder. And, like, I'm pretty sure, like, if he didn't get any on Daniel Bryan, like, he, Daniel Bryan would have just been like, yeah, all right. Um, But he got it on Daniel Bryan, so I'm pretty sure, like, um, not Daniel Bryan, that's not his name, Brian Danielson. Um, We get it. We we all know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So he got it on him, and he was probably just like, whoa, if you like that match, not only is Jericho going to catch on fire. I'm going to catch on fire. We can't be having that. And I love the fact that, like, Eddie Kingston, like, I'm 400% sure this man doesn't know wrestling is a work. Because, um, like, every promo he cuts, every time he gets in a match with somebody, like, I'm pretty sure he, his whole goal is to just 
like straight out just murder them. And I love that about Eddie Kingston and just knowing how much Eddie Kingston has gone through um, is astounding to me that he's even still alive at this point. Um, There's a fantastic article on it um, that they shared back in February. um, And it was just, I just love Eddie Kingston. Like they could try and make me hate Eddie Kingston and I'll be like, nah, that's my dude right there. Like, you can't make me hate him. I think it's a, I think it's impossible. He, he's kind of like he'd be impossible to turn. Really and would. I also like kind of just enjoy the fact that they didn't pin um, um, Brian Danielson. Like his body just gave out because you know yeah, they, he kind of need oxygen to breathe. No. Um, so like I get, I was mad at the result. Like I didn't want the Jericho Appreciation Society to win, but you also have. Even if they would have, I would have liked to see, like, Daniel Garcia or Daddy Magic or somebody from – or one of the the other guy from 2.0. I can't remember his name. They changed it, and I'm mad about it because I can't remember it. Um, but, like, I loved Everrise, so I love 2.0, which means I love Daddy Magic and whatever the other dude is. Trick something. It's trick something. Um, but um, getting to see those people be with somebody like Chris Jericho – is is really good for them um and then like you have the blackpool combat club and you have eddie kingston and santana and ortiz and that's just a group that you just can't hate like nobody in that group like you can't make me hate them even like santana and ortiz when they were with jericho like i was just like man i love santana and ortiz they're just so great i love them so much like jack hager could have just kind of not existed like like I just, I just don't like Jack Hager, but um, I don't think he wants to do it anymore. I mean, every time he's out there, he's just kind of like he's just kind of there. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just don't. His theme song, a banger though. Like I hit it at the gym all the time. It's a very nice song to hit the hit hit at the gym. It's very nice. <laughs> but I mean, he never really gets it though because we always it's he, always Judas. We now. always come out to Judas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris, do you think we can come out to a different song this time? No, never. No, it's Judas or nothing. <laughs> plus, plus in, in fairness, the fans would riot. Like, I you know, because oh, everyone thing, sings it. I love it because my favorite thing um, about that is, like, people will sing the shit out of that song. And the next thing you know, like, as soon as that song's over, automatic booze for Chris Jericho. Yes. Like, as yeah, soon as that yeah. song's over, it's they're like, no, he's out. Like, they did it, um, I went to a revolution where he fought Mox, and I kid you not, everybody in that arena was singing that song, and as soon as that, that, that beat dropped and there was no more, it was booze. <laughs> Absolute booze. And I'm like, wrestling is so great. I love it so much. This is why I love wrestling. It's chaotic. Mm. It's fantastic. Yeah, and uh, I mean, and and speaking about matches that could could have been chaotic, but we talk honestly, about the they, tag man. They they weren't because you have six of the best people, like in the company in the ring at the same time. And yes, we were talking about the the triple threat tra- tag match between Jurassic Express, uh, Ricky Starks, and Powerhouse Hobbs, and Swerve in His Glory, which is one of my tag 
favorite tag mixed names just ever. I had no clue that that was the name. I don't know if they've been doing that for a while, and I've just missed it. But that is my favorite tag team name. (laughs) (laughs) Swerve in his glory. I love it. I love it. It's great. That that, that entire match just, I mean, I've, Swerve has quickly become one of my favorites. I, somehow I missed him entirely in WWE. So when he showed up. That's okay, they um, did too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I later learned that. Um, so when he showed up at, um, uh, oh, forgive me, the last paper review. Uh, Revolution. Revolution, yes, th- thank you. Um, when he showed up at Revolution, Josh and uh, our cousin, Jared, were, were telling me, like, dude, you're going to love Swerve. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm, yeah, I'm excited cool. to see him. And sure enough, like, two weeks later, you know, he starts doing, like, 450s and... Starts doing like all these crazy kind of flips, and then and then is also still a fantastic technical wrestler as well. So I was like, dude, I just I love Swerve. It, I love this house? man. Swerve's house, you know. I mean, and uh, you know, and then of course, then he starts teaming up with Keith, with Keith Lee, and of course, I I Keith Lee was one I did know from WWE, and I, I already loved him. Mr. Uh, Fantastical Keith Lee. He's just he's just he's perfect. He's absolutely perfect. <laughs> but. Uh, Jenny, what were your what were your thoughts on on the matches as a whole? Just with you know, of course, because uh, you know you still got got Starks and Starks and Hobbs. And then you've also got Jurassic Express, and I, I know I know that's one of your favorites. I do. I love Jurassic Express. Um, I don't know if it just stems from me loving Luke Perry as a child because I used to love watching like Saved by the Bell, um, and I I love Jack Perry. Um, I loved him in Riverdale. Um, and like obviously it's like Jungle Boy is his son. And like every time I see Jungle Boy, I'm just like, Yeah, that's that's real nice. And he's so good, like for how young he is, and like he hasn't been wrestling very long either. I think pairing him with like Luchasaurus was like really good. Um, because Luchasaurus has been doing this for 65 million years. He's a dinosaur, he's been doing this a long time, almost as long as Bobby Fish. Um Bobby Fish was there when they they did the first Luthes press back in like 1600 uh, BC Um, but um, I just love making fun of Bobby Bobby Fish is actually not that old but it's just fun to make fun of Bobby Fish Um, but um, I think that the wrong people won um, I really would have loved to see Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs win. Not that I don't love Swerve and his glory. Um, just Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs have been there longer. I feel like they kind of deserve that, especially Powerhouse Hobbs. That man has improved so much. Um, and Ricky Starks just has like that it factor. Like every time he's on screen, I'm like, yes, this is this is my guy. This is my dude. He's got the aura, he has the swagger, he has the mic skills, he has the in-ring skills, like, uh, like, his finisher is fantastic, like, it's, it's a work of art, um, and, like, Powerhouse Hobbs, just, yo, big, sweaty, like, man, but he moves, like, not, he doesn't move like he's as big as he is, um, Mm. the same with Keith Lee, and the same with Luchasaurus, like, they shouldn't move the way that they do, um, being as big, tall, and um, heavy as they are, um, and not, like, weight-wise, but, like, just how they're built. Like, they shouldn't move the way that they do. 
And then when they do stuff like that, I'm like, oh my God. Like, it's it's like your mind just, like, leaves your whole body. It's, it's like a weird outer body experience. And just Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks just work really well together. Um, I think Ricky Starks is a pillar, but that's just me. Um, you know, he came in a little bit later. Um, I, I just love Ricky Starks. Um, and, like, Swerve in his glory, like, I love them in NXT. Um, I was going to say, like, on the main roster, but, like, they kind of butchered that. Um, both of them on the main roster. So Did he even get to the main roster? He did, and then got fired, like, two weeks later. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they let all of Hit Row go, um, like, two weeks after signing them to the main roster. And I was like, what? Um, okay, that was a weird choice. All right. Um, but the match itself, like, uh, it started off kind of slow. Uh, but once, like, those tag those tag clanks, like, just went off and everybody was just, like, there was a body over here and there was a body over there and they're fighting over here and now they're fighting on the top rope, which is, like, a thing in wrestling right now where everybody just fights on the top rope. And I'm like, can y'all stop? Y'all are giving me heart problems. Like, please don't <laughs> fall. Um, and then you have, like, everybody doing flips. There was this fantastic moment where, like, Ricky Starks hit, um, well, it wasn't fantastic that he hit it wrong, but, like, Keith Lee was standing on the ring apron, and he's like, oh, my God. And I'm just like, <laughs> Keith Lee is the best person ever. Really? I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I didn't know who to, like, because there weren't heels in that match to me. Um, I know that Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs were supposed to be the heels because they're, they're they're like made that way to look. I mean, are they um, but like, like their face—that's the issue. Like their heels, they're built to be heels because Team Taz is like, oh, we're better than you, and we look really good in the color orange. Um, and like the rest of you suck. Um, but like, they're just like so lovable. Like you can't hate them. They're fan favorite people. And then you have Swerve in his glory and. They're lovable. Everyone loves the Jurassic Express. Like, this could have gone anyway, and I would have been happy. Um, I'm real mad that we didn't get that Christian Cage heel turn, but they did just announce the the uh, 10-man match that they announced on Double or Nothing is now an 8-man tag. Um, I believe Jeff Hardy is injured, um, so they pulled Adam Cole out as well, so it could be fair. Um which I think we might get the Christian Cage heel turn then. Because um, they planted all the seeds for that. Um, but they also planted the seeds to where, like, Luchasaurus might be the one to leave the group. Because when they won, Christian Cage put Jungle Boy on his shoulders. And Luchasaurus looked so offended. Like, it's like you shot his dad or something. Like, he looked offended that, like... Christian Cage did this and but Christian Cage is over here like speaking for Jurassic Express when he doesn't need to putting them in situations like this triple threat match um when they they don't need to um and like we all know Christian can be a heel we've seen it um I just don't know what the outcome would be if we went that way um but, like, I do just feel like the wrong people won. 
Um, but the match itself was just like, oh, it was so good. Like, I love tag team wrestling. It's one of my favorite things. I will never be disappointed in a tag team match, like, ever. Um, so I don't have any complaints. I just think that the wrong people won. But like I said, I was go- I was going to be happy either way because I love all three of these teams. So, yeah. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I mean, I completely, I completely agree with you on that, especially, especially in the like, it didn't matter who won. Like, I was, I was gonna be happy. Um, I was, I was happy. Jurassic Express won, but I was kind of like you. I kind of thought that this would be the one where they would put it on someone else. Um, and I, I thought Starks and Hobbs was the more obvious choice, especially with Swerve and Lee both being so new to the company. Um. But I am okay with, you know, Jurassic Express Wayne. Obviously, never never a bad night when you get to see a dinosaur uh, do all kinds of crazy right, yeah. stuff, you know. <laughs> Have you ever seen a dinosaur do a backflip? Do you yeah, want to ex- see it? Exactly. He's 65 million years old. He shouldn't <laughs> be doing this. I was uh, I was most impressed with the match. Jimmy's uh, already talked about but I was most impressed with the match with uh, Powerhouse. Um, he really kind of carried the early part of that match by himself, um, and he has he's he's definitely improved. I I, I just didn't think they could put on Starks and Hobbs because they just don't they haven't done that many tag matches, have they, Jimmy? Um, they haven't done like a whole lot together. Um, it's just them being in Team Taz makes them um, tag competitors. Right. Um, I know they're on the rankings, but I don't remember exactly where. Yeah, I mean, like you said, no one really. I mean, I, I look at the rankings every now and then, but no one really looks at them, including AEW management. So I don't know if that really. <laughs> it's matters. fine. But uh, I, I think you know, I'd be shocked if we didn't get uh, Red Dragon taking the titles off of them. I feel like mm. that's good at taking. The we title. we did that, and that match was really good. Jurassic Express and Red Dragon. Like I really thought that Red Dragon was going to win at some points, and I will be insufferable if. Red Dragon gets titles because <laughs> Red Dragon that those are my boys. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish are my boys. Um, like I have followed them like since like Ring of Honor. Um, so in the Red Dragon phase, um, and like that's also when I fell in love with like Adam Cole and Roddy Strong and like God, I miss Ring of Honor Roddy Strong. Oh my God, he was such a dick. Um. But, like, Adam Cole was, like, um, a lot of people talk about how, like, weird and goofy they all are now. Um, like, being on AEW when they've always been portrayed as, like, very serious. And I'm just, like, Adam Cole used to walk around telling people to, like, suck his dick. Um, uh, like, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly look like they walked out of GTA um, wearing, like, scarves with, like, freaking, like, Ed Hardy t-shirts. Um, <laughs> like... They've always been goofy, um, but in the ring, they're super serious. Um, and you know that they mean business when they're in there. And Kyle has signed on until 2025, I believe. Um, so he signed a five-year contract with them. Um, so it's not 2025, 2026. Math is hard. Um, <laughs> but he signed on for a hot minute, so I'm assuming, like, the other ones have signed on. If they will just like give my boy Roddy Strong his release that he has been asking for, because like you just have to think about it. Like all of his friends are over here, his wife is over here, 
they ain't doing shit with him in NXT. Um, like they literally wrote him off on an injury that he just like sprained his ankle. And I'm like, um, okay, I guess. I'm like, I know it's to further this Diamond Mine storyline, but we can just get this over with. I'm, I'm, give the Creed brothers their flowers, man. Um, but like, yeah, like, I love Red Dragon. And if they are the ones to dethrone the champions, like, that's fine with me. Um, but I said we just did that. Um, so I don't see them going back in that title picture anytime soon. Um, but I also don't know what's going to happen with this eight man tag going on on Dynamite this week. So, um, I do know that I want the Elite versus the Era at some point um, because they've planted enough seeds to do that. Um, Because when Kenny left after losing to Hangman, he was like, yeah, just hold the fort down. Like, we, you guys got this. Like, blah, blah, blah. And Adam was like, yeah, we got this. And Kenny's like, not you. I was talking to the Bucks. And Adam looked offended. And then he brought in Kenny's biggest enemy from New Japan um, Mm. in Jay White. Um, and he was so excited and the Bucks were like, whoa, um, did you not hear that he like tried to kill Kenny for like eight years? Um, and Adam was like, no, I was gone. He's like, I was dead. Don't you remember? Um, I just love the fact that like they kept the BTE bit alive, um, where just like Adam Cole was just dead for four years. (laughs) So Adam Cole is essentially just like a ghost running around right now. It's, it's fine. Um, He he got better. You know, he's fine. You know, it's fine. (laughs) Um, but like, if I, cause that's been one of my dream matches for a hot minute, um, is to just have like the Bucks and Kenny, um, and at the time Hangman, cause he was in the Bullet Club at the Elite, um, versus like Roddy and Kyle and Bobby and Adam, um, like I just, that's one of my dream matches and I think it will be very good, um, provided we get it. Um, I don't, I don't know if we ever will. Um, but they've planted enough seeds for it to work. Um, plus, like, who doesn't want to see that? Like, I want to see the Bucks versus Red Dragon versus Adam Cole and Kenny Omega. Like, Kenny Omega and Adam Cole looks sounds really good on paper. Um, like, you can't mess that up. Like, I feel like there's not a way to mess that match up. Um, but... I just I have a lot of dream matches um that are like slowly being given to me by Tony Khan. Um, <laughs> which is which is lovely. Like I'm getting like the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, which is something I never thought I was gonna see in my entire lifetime. Um, I never thought I was gonna see wrestling promotions working together um in my entire lifetime. So like getting this kind of stuff, I'm just like, wow, I really am alive in the golden age of wrestling. This is lovely for me. Yeah, I um, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of there, 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 there are a lot of great things. I think they are planting. I'm, I'm really excited for Forbidden Door, uh, especially since half of whatever is on that roster are people that I'm not going to know who they are, but I'm just gonna watch and just be like, dude, these guys are great. Um, but you know, um. But speaking of dream matches, I mean, we we cannot close this out without talking about this uh, this main event. Oh, yes, I know that this is one that well, we're skipping. Kyle and Darby. We should talk about Kyle. Oh, oh, oh I, yeah, I, I 
feel so bad because I forgot that was a thing because they literally threw it at us on Rampage. They were like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to we're going to avenge Sting. Darby is like, yeah, Kyle, you broke my dad's ankle. So, like, <laughs> we'll get you back for it. I, and he indeed did not get him back. For it. He he did not. No, that you're right. I did forget about that because it, it did seem like a I mean, because, yeah, that, that's, it, it is a really good match. Yeah, because it almost seemed like Kyle and Darby were a little upset that they were kind of afterthoughts on the card. And they were like, well, we're going to really we're going to show you. We're going to show you Um, if they want to run that back again. I ain't going to be mad about it. Um, But like there was the um Darby did a suicide dive and I thought this man was going to die. Like, every time this man fights, like, I don't particularly like Darby Allen. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, but, like, every time that he wrestles, there's a spot where I think he's, like, I'm pretty sure he's dead. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure he legally died. Because that suicide dive that he did where he got, like, maybe two inches of Kyle, um, yep. I was like, oh, my God, this this man, this man done died. Like we just we just right? watched him hurt. Like we just watched Chris Jericho try to kill people, and now we just literally just watched Darby die, like in the middle of his match. And it's like oh. he was fine, but he looked really dazed at some points, which is why I think like that middle part of the match kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, but like you have Kyle, who's a very like technical wrestler, um, and you have Darby, who is good at technical wrestling but he's very much of a he's more of like a high flyer kind of wrestler um but like it was it was it might be like my second match of the night just because i loved it so much um completely unbiasedly because like obviously um but like it was just so good i feel like they were just generally kind of mad that like, you guys are completely right. Like, I just think they were legitimately mad. And they were like, all right, so let's go out there, put on this banger match. And, like, like that's it. I'm like, you know what? If they wanted to do that on Dynamite, like, again on Dynamite, I'd be fine with it. I would love to see that again. We're not getting it, but, like, I would like to see it. <laughs> um, give them, like, give them more than, like, the 10 minutes or so that that match went. Like, it, it could have been, it could have been really good. Like, not that it wasn't good, like, you just feel like something was, like, kind of missing in it, but I do think that they were kind of treated like an afterthought on the card, um, and, like, I think, I really think you guys are right, I think they just took it personally, um, it's that meme, it's definitely that meme, and it was like, <laughs> so I took that personally, that personally. Yeah. I took it personally, um, but, yeah, even, like, my boyfriend, like, he doesn't watch AEW, um, so he just kind of catches in when I fill him in. And so he ended up watching that match and he's like, was this even like advertised for like double or nothing? I was like, not until Friday. And he goes, they have really good in-ring chemistry. And he's like, but you could probably put Kyle in there with like a wet mop and it would still look really good. So, um, you just have those wrestlers that can fight literally anything and make it like believable and good. Like when Kenny fought a blow-up doll. So. Yeah. Oh, that was a thing? Yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. Jim Cornette complains about it to this day. <laughs> <laughs> he also complains that he fought a 12-year-old girl. Um, it beat, and beat up a 12-year-old girl. Um, 
uh, it's actually like a rite of passage in like Japan wrestling to fight this. Um, there's like a specific blow up doll that you have to fight. Um, and it's it's great. I I absolutely love it. <laughs> Candace has also fought this doll, and like like I said, is I'm a Candace LeRae. I'm a Candace LeRae Mark. So <laughs> do with that what you must. <laughs> I will say this, Darby's kind of in a weird position because I do think he's literally one of the most popular stars on the roster. In fact, when they were doing the, you know, they're doing these, uh, they're they're trying to do these like L- old LJN rubber figures in the AEW. Uh, I have a Cody. Yeah, they did the Cody. I think they're stupid. I don't know why we'd want to go back to that. But anyway, but that's fine. But it's like, fine. But uh, but the, they did the fan vote was for on the second one. Which one do you want? And Darby won. Uh, over a lot of people that I would have thought, you know, would have been more popular, like Mox or someone else. Uh, so Darby's, I mean, a beloved figure in AEW, and yet I can't tell you the last time he's won a match. Like, it's been a while. Uh, he beat Andrade in the coffin match. Yeah. He kind of oh, he he ended, right. ended that feud Which there. We didn't, yeah. even, we didn't even discuss uh, Roos. Roosh. Oh yeah, we, they Roosh. really just I, threw that at the end of the. I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know who that is. I, I'm, I'm so new to these things. You're I'm sorry. Love Roosh, man. Everybody loves Roosh. I, I need We're to watch. We're gonna have to give him like a list of stuff to watch. Be like, yes. this is, this is, um, this is, um, Kota Ibushi. He's wonderful. Um, we probably won't be getting Kota Ibushi at Forbidden Door, which makes me kind of sad, but he's got a lot of drama going on over they there. Had, uh, they had a press conference, and they apparently hacked all that out. So I don't uh, know. Yeah, and then Kota tweeted that, like, they left the part out where his mom, like, killed herself, like, tried to kill herself, and they didn't want to give him time off, and I'm like... But the <laughs> thing that... I think that... I think the thing that threw me the most was when he tied them to the Yakuza. I was like, whoa, um, this took a really dark turn really quick. And we probably should be saying that the Yakuza are involved with stuff. Um, <laughs> that, that doesn't seem like a good idea. Knowing, uh, being um, wildly American, um, you know, we, do, we try not to learn about other cultures, like, actively. Um, because America, woo. Um, complete sarcasm, by the way. Like, I try to learn as much about other cultures as I can. Um, but apparently the Yakuza are not good people. <laughs> I've heard some not good things about the Yakuza. Um, so, uh, yeah. So that threw me off. And then, like, Will Ospreay's over here just being so dumb he's just like what you guys do over there that's acting that's not professional wrestling and I'm like I'm gonna need this man to just shut up like you haven't been the same since Seth called you broke have you um just I just need I just needed to go one day without logging on being like Will Ospreay said I'm like what do you say this time what do you say this time like it, it's so painful. Like he's really talented, but he's really stupid. Sorry, moving on from New Japan. <laughs> Let's talk about this main event. Yes, yes, this main event. Um, I had 
I had heard complaints from from a few different sources where they were upset that Hangman and CM Punk didn't have a whole lot of lead-ins. Then, like, I started watching, like, a couple, like, about a month ago, I'd say, and I personally thought that, yeah, I mean, they may not have done, like, a whole lot of lead-ins, like a massive, like, another, like, Wardlow or MJF kind of thing, but, like, I still thought that they did more than enough to set up, you know, CM Punk to want to get the belt. I mean, that should be... If you're a singles competitor, like that should be your end goal for for a lot of people, you know. So I mean, it made it made sense to me. And and also, I mean, if you're going to be in AEW and you're going to try and do have a singles career, you might as well start looking at some of the best guys in in the company. And Hangman is absolutely one of the best guys in the company. Uh, some might even say the best in the company. Um, but yeah, I uh, uh, Jenny, what were your thoughts on on the uh, the main event of this of this night um and, I th- and its finale <laughs> oh yes um so i think a lot of this plays into the story that we have been building with hangman since the inception of aew um we have always known hangman to be like struggling with self-doubts and like trying to bury that with like glasses of alcohol and and things of that nature and um, like they really played into that with like the end of this match too. And we've all like, we've watched him like slowly overcome this stuff. And then CM Punk comes in and you have this and you have CM Punk who is just like preaching about like how all of this stuff needs to be like this way. And this like being straight edge and stuff like that, which nothing is wrong with that. Um, but you have a hangman who sees CM Punk as a threat to the locker room and sees him as a threat to like the AEW world title. And cause it's like, if CM Punk is there, you know, at some point that man is coming for you. Um, there's no way around it. Um, that would be my biggest fear. If I was a champion of a company is that CM Punk would be there and that man would come for me. That man is terrifying to me in the ring and would obliterate me on the mic to where I would probably just, like cry and just give him the belt. I'd be like, you know what? I don't need it. Like you, fine. you're just hanging um, out at WWA, and you're, and then all of a sudden you're just like, why are you even here? <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this isn't even for you. This is Davis um, County's like like wrestling group. Like, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I really like the build up to it. Like I said, everything doesn't need a six seven month build up. The little month. A little like month and a half that they did to build up to this was fine. Hangman went out there and everyone was like, oh my God, he's turning heel and he's talking like this and doing this. And I was like, Hangman's not a heel right now. I hope you guys understand this. Hangman, I think it was more Hangman trying to talk himself up to be the competitor that CM Punk said Hangman was. Because Hangman still has that weird tread of like, self-doubt where he didn't think that he could do this big caliber match um and you don't have like he didn't have the dark order come out there he didn't have the young bucks out there he didn't have he doesn't have anybody he hasn't really had anybody even though the dark order has always been there it's always kind of felt like he didn't really want them to be there and i think that just stems from the story of hangman being a loner essentially um, gotta be a lone cowboy in in these woods. Um, 
But uh, the end when it looked like Hangman was going to turn heel because he grabbed that belt and he really contemplated it. Um, I think at that point he remembered everything that happened with Kenny and how that belt changed Kenny Omega from the person that he was teaming with and the person that he was friends with. Because Kenny Omega did a complete 360 when he won the AEW world title. And to get the AEW world title. I think he saw all of that and it changed him and destroyed him. And he realized that he was becoming Kenny Omega to stay the world champion. And he didn't want to do that. So he put that belt down. He made the choice to be the bigger person. And it actually turned out to bite him in the end. And like he could have, he could have hit punk with that belt he very well could have the ref was knocked out but he would have had to live with the idea and the story and like um the just general consensus of knowing that he had to um essentially use something else to beat somebody else um uh so like like I said, he was real conflicted about hitting him with it, and then he didn't, so he ended up being that bigger person that we all want him to be. He did that, and he lost the title, so we can... There's a lot of story stuff that we can do from this. Um, we can give him a redemption arc, um, because like up to this point, it's just been building him as cha- uh, building him up to be worthy to be champion. He was conflicted in a moment in the heat of the moment and decided to be that bigger person lost. And now he's got to figure out where he went wrong to get back into the title picture. Um, And basically like the, the championship curse, you can always find an out. um, Cause I'll, I'll uh, most times like championship matches can play in your favor is going to play more in your favor than it is your opponent. You can get counted out, you can get disqualified, and you still retain. um, But it makes you look like less of a champion if you do it that way. And I don't think Hangman wanted to win that way. um, Just based off the general character of Hangman. Um, I'm not mad that CM Punk won. um, Because, like, it's CM Punk. They literally sold out on the suspicion that this man was coming back. <laughs> not not anything concrete, nothing. Just literal suspicion that he was coming back. They sold out Rampage for that. Um, so putting the belt on him is... It, it's a smart move, especially... Um, in the summer, because we're going to relive the summer of punk, which is going to be fantastic. Um, but like I said, like, there's more to wrestling than what you see just on screen. Like, it's not just wrestling. You have to, you don't have to pay attention to the storylines, but it really, really helps to make sure that you understand, like, everything going in. Um, I say you don't have to, because sometimes they will give you that information. Um, but just just following Hangman for so long and seeing him get to the point where he could have just chose to be the bad person and he didn't. Um, 
it didn't ruin his character as the hangman if that if that makes sense um because we all you guys have been there you understand the story of hangman so um like we've always been there and like i think if he had done that it would have automatically turned everybody against him even the locker room because that's their locker room leader your champion is your locker room leader um but just listening to his promos up to double or nothing it very much didn't sound like he was trying to attack cm punk it sounded more like he was trying to talk himself up to the level that we all think he is um because he doesn't think that he is the greatest person ever when we all are like you're our champion you're our guy we love you he doesn't feel the way that we do he doesn't see himself the way that we all do um and i just think that kind of like story arc is just really cool um i like i like storylines in my wrestling um i like storylines in my video games so you know it's kind of kind of like i'm a very like story driven kind of person um so getting that is really cool um and just seeing cm punk as like champion of a like major wrestling promotion is is so surreal. Like I said, if you would have told me like a year ago um, that CM Punk was going to be back in wrestling and let alone be a the world champion, I would have been like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, and one day I'm going to stop drinking wine. So, you know. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like I generally just like the entire idea of it. Like I get why people are mad, but at the same time, like, I'm a massive Hangman fan, and I'm I'm not as mad as I thought I would be um, if he lost. Um, like, I even wore a Hangman shirt yesterday. I wore my Anxious Millennial Cowboy shirt, and I was like, you know what? I just think I don't need to wear wrestling shirts. Because um, when they did the BTE championship, Adam Cole lost. I was wearing an Adam Cole shirt. Um, the day I wore my Red Dragon shirt, they lost the tag team championship match that they were in. I was like, you know what? Maybe I just don't wear. I wore my <laughs> Britt Baker shirt the day that she lost, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Super superstitious uh, t-shirts and everything. You know? Superstitious yeah. t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's how that's how I feel about the main event. Like, I'm not mad about it. I'm I'm sad. Like, I got on Twitter and posted uh, my pictures from Lexington Comic Con. I was like, you're still my favorite hangman. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, I um, I will never, ever be upset at a CM, CM Punk winning anything. He's uh, he's probably my second favorite wrestler ever. Uh, I follow that man's entire career he kind of you know kind of grew up in wrestling with him so i mean he's just he's just a guy that i'm always going to root for that being said i did think it was weird that hangman lost here um because i thought you know i thought hangman would maybe have have it a little longer um but i do think you know jenny's on something at least with the storyline aspect of it because jenny will have to help me out here because i, I think one of the things they're trying to do here uh, is complete an old storyline that if you're a New Japan fan, was one that was just kind of left up in the air. Um, but what was what is what was Kota Ibushi's and um, Kenny's tag team? What was their name? Were they Golden Sons? Is that right? The Golden Lovers. Yeah. Gold- 
Kimmy okay. is a happily open bisexual man, and I love that for him. Well, yes, yes, but like, yes, uh, and but the the end of that uh, storyline, uh, or there was an end of the storyline. You know, the storyline, of course, that was that was promoted there was that you know like what happens though when when Ibushi is basically so much better than Kenny is. You know, can Kenny ever catch up? Yeah. And the AEW storyline in a lot of ways was, is Hangman ever going to catch up to Kenny Omega? Uh, I, there was a lot going on. You're right, the love the, the anxiety and the self-doubt and everything. But a lot of it was built around, you know, is Hangman going to catch up to Kenny? That's why the, the match, you know, was so big. Um, I, I wonder if part of this is when Kenny comes back, if they're going to finish that Golden Lover storyline. Because you never got the blow-off that that you were waiting for in that New Japan storyline, uh, even though it was one that lasted for a couple of years. And I kind of wonder if that's one thing that's happening here, because I think person would be really cool, you know, if like, you know, you know, Hangman, you know, is, he, he's definitely on Kenny's level now. They both held the belt, you know, uh, they both have been the face of AEW. Uh, if Kenny comes back and of course, you know, Adam Cole and uh, Jay White and all those guys, you know, reject him. If you get, you know, Adam Page stepping up with Kenny Omega, you get the, those two guys going at, going, working together again. That's kind of a storyline I think would be interesting um, because I, I do think, you know, they they were a fantastic tag team and they're they're fantastic together. Um, and at this point, they are on the same level. Um, but that but that also might be just, you know, me just really thinking. I, I really do like that that dynamic that they have. Uh, together, um, where they're both kind of like trying to outcompete one another. Um, but as far as it, just from the from the match standpoint and everything, um, I think the uh, the match was really good. Um, I love CM Punk's old gunslinger concept. Uh, I've said that already. Um, I do wonder who he wrestles. <laughs> yeah, I do wonder who he faces. You know, mm-hmm. I think that'll be interesting because um, I don't think it'll be Cole. Um, you know, I, I, I really don't know. I don't know who would be the first guy, you know. Um, I do wonder if part of part of doing this was to um, was to get the title on him before Forbidden Door, which is, you know, you know, continent crossing pay-per-view. And uh, CM Punk's your most popular guy to have the title on him kind of makes sense if you're going to do this huge pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. But I really, I really don't know. I mean, Jenny, who do you think the first I mean, obviously, Forbidden Door, they'll have somebody. But, like, who do you think the first uh, first feud or match will be? I I really don't know. Like, I really want to see somebody from the Blackpool Combat Club. Prop, maybe Brian Danielson. Um, I would love for it to be Wheeler, but I think he's in, I think he's in Japan right now doing um, everything over there right now with the Super Juniors. Um like, I'm telling you, like, CM Punk is another one of those wrestlers where you could probably just put, like, a beach ball in the ring and it would still look like like a fantastic match. Um, I know a lot of people are kicking around the idea of CM Punk and John Moxley. Um, I, I really don't know who our first competitor will be. I suppose we'll find out on Dynamite, but um, we got to start um, doing some stuff for Forbidden Door there. Um, cause Forbidden Door is like less than a month away and 
Um, I don't really, I mean, like, they've sold it out, essentially. Like, all the uh, available seats now are, like, your super high nosebleed ones. Um, but, um, like, I just, there's so many options that we can, that we can do. Um, I think CM Punk versus Hook would be pretty cool. Uh, but I've also kind of heard CM Punk doesn't want to, doesn't want to fight Hook because he's so young. Um, but Punk has got, uh, not Punk. Uh, once, if they start doing Hook and giving him more, um, top notch, um, opponents, um, not that anybody he's fought is bad. Um, just giving him more high profiled opponents, um, would be pretty cool and get him up to Punk where he's undefeated. Um, and then see how that goes. Like make Hook's first loss mean something. Um, and not like bury Hook. I'm not talking about like a full burial of Hook. Like make, let Hook look really good, but you can let him lose. Um, and it still won't like um, dent his credibility or anything that he has built up. Um, undefeated streaks don't last forever. Um, they, I think they mentioned that um, this past week. Undefeated streaks don't last forever. Um, and if somebody does break it uh, for Hook, I want it to be somebody notable. Um, and I honestly would kind of like it to be CM Punk. Um, but you're also talking about somebody who wants to put over younger guys. Um, who's not afraid to go out there and have a banger match with a younger guy. And let them look like the better opponent, even if he wins. Um because we we've done that a lot in AEW with a lot of people, um, Wheeler Yuta specifically, because um, he was kind of just there with the best friends, and then we put him with Brian Danielson, we put him with John Moxley, and people were like, "Okay, this this Wheeler Yuta kid, um, he really good." Yeah. Um Like I love Wheeler Yuta, um, so when they announced him as being all elite, I was very excited. Um, and seeing him be with people like Brian Danielson, John Moxley, William Regal, um, knowing that he can learn from these people that have been doing this for like decades, um, is very nice. Um, like, I just, I don't know who, I, I can't really think of anybody, um, maybe like Ricky Starks. Um, that would be, that would be nice. Pretty Sharks would be interesting. That'd be a fun. As long as it's not Jericho. I don't want to see Jericho. Jericho, Jericho, you've had your time. It's time to to just, like, be in the mid-card for a little, be the sports entertainment section. (laughs) Do, just be your little sports entertainment posse over here. My my pick would personally be either Malachi or Wardlow. I think I think both Wardlow's of those. Way too soon. Think yeah. So? yeah, yeah, it's too soon for Wardlow. Um, maybe we put the TNT title on Wardlow first. Um, I mean, like we're getting Dante Martin versus Scorpio Sky, which would probably be pretty good too, because Dante Martin is fantastic. Um, really good, yeah. I just feel so bad for him because he was so excited to like team with his brother, and then his brother got into that accident. And I was like. This poor man can't catch a break. 
Like he just came back like a week ago, man. Um, but yeah, like there's, there's a lot of options. Um, like I just, I just don't know who to pick. Like, I just have a list of stuff I want to see happen, and I don't know which order I want it to happen in. <laughs> yeah, well, we uh, got to tune into Dynamite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of the thing, you know. It's just we, we will know we will know more in the next two days, you know, and mm-hmm. and uh, at Forbidden Door next next month. I'm I'm assuming. I, I could obviously see them just doing Forbidden Door just as, you know, strictly for, like, you know, just the matches and everything. But I could also see them setting up some interesting storylines for both AEW and New Japan, so. Yeah, and Tony's talked about, like, he's trying to figure out how to get a good deal with Ring of Honor um, to where he can stream that regularly and get Ring of Honor going up again. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think is has to do with a lot of the signings they're doing recently. Because um, you're going to have people that will move over to ring of honor um you have joe holding titles there ftr uh wheeler yuda uh, mercedes martinez um I, I think those are all the ones that have ring of honor belts um mm-hmm. currently i know all four of the i know all four of those people do but yeah uh, i i think that's it yeah um but he also mentioned like they're trying to get a streaming deal um honestly just you're with Warner Media, so maybe do like an HBO Max thing. We don't have a big enough library to like run our own streaming service, and that's probably going to cost a lot of money to do that out anyway. Um, but like, if we could just put it on HBO Max, give it its own hub, um, I think we could do that. Give wrestling its own little hub, and we can put AEW and Ring of Honor on there and run Ring of Honor like they run NXT UK. Um, just do it on on HBO max and see if it does well there. Um, Cause you can, uh, when they do ring of honor stuff in AEW, it has a distinct feel. So you can separate it from AEW. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a distinct difference on how that stuff is ran. Um, and I really like the fact that Tony Khan just kind of kept that. Um, and you can tell the, the difference. Um, I remember you texted me last night um, and asked me who the ring announcer was with the Bucks and um, the Hardys. Um, I believe they're priming him to do Ring of Honor stuff, uh, but he also had history with the Hardys and the Bucks, so um, that was a nice little nice little touch there. Um, and sometimes they do have Ring of Honor um, commentators come out and do the Ring of Honor matches too, um, which is nice. While we're talking about, like, really good um, announcers, can we talk about how fast Excalibur runs down match cards every week? It is it is genuinely impressive. Like, every, every time I hear that man talk about what is coming up, like, even even on Dynamite and Rampage, but, of course, like, this is a, this is a pay-per-view, so, I mean, you got, you know, hours of, of content. But, like, yeah, no, he he runs through it, man. And it's just, it, it's it's always impressive to me. I love it. I love Excal. Their commentary team is great. Mm. I also love the fact that we kind of kept the Adam Cole, Tony Schiavone thing going on. Because he looked so yes. offended when Tony <laughs> hugged Britt. He was like, I would deck you right now mm-hmm. if I wasn't paying tribute to Mr. Owen Hart. I'd totally <laughs> deck you. 
I just love the fact that like Brit just doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brit just Brit just no sells it. Yeah, she's just like it's it's fine. It's fine. Everything's falling apart. It's fine. <laughs> the elite is fine. <laughs> well, my friends, I believe that is going to about do it for us tonight. Um, this has been a lot of fun, uh, especially talking about wrestling. It's something that. Like Josh had said, we've kind of wanted to do it for a while. Um, we just haven't really had a good opportunity to, opportunity to do that. But you know, this was a this was a good one. Who knows? We might even do Forbidden Door as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, keep uh, keep hanging out. Um, keep checking out all the different stuff that Fan Correspondence is doing. Please go check out uh, AWOI on um, Spotify and iTunes. They are absolutely fantastic. All your video game news, like I, I listen to it mainly just to learn other random video game facts that I did not know. So yeah, and Stone's uh, Tech Corner, it's fantastic. And Stone's Tech Corner, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. Um, and yes, I also get all... like my little wrestling corner when I'm there, so I get to talk about stuff. It's nice. I think they're gonna forego me this week, so I'll probably just talk about like Dynamite. And be like, <laughs> yeah, guess what? We don't watch Dynamite this week. <laughs> <laughs> I love it there. It's it, it, it's a lot of fun. I uh, and of course uh, I know Perry has, has said he he'd like to have me on. I, I think you've said it as well. And I'd yes. I'd, I'd I'd love to come on sometime. I just haven't. We scheduling has not worked out that well, unfortunately. But but soon enough, soon enough. Um, but once again, thank you all so much for hanging out. You all have a wonderful evening, Jenny. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. You're the best. And as always, my friends, remember that fandom is for everyone. We will see you all next time.